T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Speaking of staying informed on Twitter, my next guest is is definitely somebody that you want to follow on Twitter. Our, our own 4th District Congressman, Ron Estes, very active on social media. His, uh, his Twitter account is one of those that I follow. He is uh, very active on Twitter, at Rep Ron Estes. You want to follow him on Twitter. It, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, that's good. I got, I got to hold off on the vodka here on Sunday nights, Dave. You got, to, you got to cut back on the vodka. Joining us now is our very own 4th District Congressman, Ron Estes. Congressman, thank you for joining us this evening. Always a pleasure to have you on the show again, my friend. Hi, John. Thanks. It's uh, great to be on the show again. So... <laughs> Where do I start here, Rod? I mean, it just seems like there's so much insanity coming out of Washington D.C. lately. It, it, it for you, it must be refreshing to be to be back home in Kansas at least for a while, just to just to escape the the madhouse. Yeah, it, it is. I kind of joke about it coming back and getting some of the fresh air in Kansas and. Uh, I talk a little bit with uh, people that have a lot more common sense. Uh, there's some there's some really dumb ideas being floated around, and and actually just un-American ideas that are being talked about up there as well. Well, you know, I guess what do we expect when you have Bernie Sanders, a socialist, who's you know crafting the budget? You know you're in big trouble, and and I mean I just saw the recent survey that said that was it almost sixty percent of Democrats think socialism is a better ideology than capitalism, but I mean we're in real trouble when that's who's planning their 
their budget that is you've got an avowed socialist in the Senate writing the budget. And I mean, that's that's what that's what work we've come to now. And of course, they're sending it over to your chamber and AOC is running the show. I, I, I it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you you look at Bernie Sanders. I mean, he honeymooned in the Soviet Union, yeah. you know, the uh, the the socialist Soviet Union at that point in time. And and for him to come through and talk about it, and he, he makes no bones about it. He's he's never said he was a Democrat. He said he's a, a Democrat socialist. Uh, it was the closest he ever got uh, through that process. And and, and basically, it, it, to some degree, it, it shows a failure of our education system to go out and talk about the differences between capitalism and socialism and, and how much people have uh, improved their lot in life uh, throughout the world uh, under a capitalist society. And then you look at case after case where socialism's failed, whether it whether it's the Soviet Union, whether it's Cuba. I mean, now we're seeing it in Venezuela. And unfortunately, the mainstream media won't talk about that. And, you know, some of these zealots are then trying to push that on the United States. And, and we'll have the, the same failures here if we allow them to take control of the country and do that. And we, we you know, we, there's, a, there's a role for government. And, uh, you know, it was intentionally set up to have limited government, to have uh, the government responsible to protect our freedoms so that we can have the freedom to go out and do the things we want to and and work as hard as we want and succeed as much as we, we chose to put our, our own time and money into into the efforts we do. You're, you're absolutely right, Congressman. And frankly, I think some of us think that we've seen our own little experiment for the last, you know, 18, 20 months or so. And frankly, we're done. I mean, that's, we've had a nice little experiment. We've had the American socialist experiment enough already. Let's get back to work. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I got to ask you about this. I, I saw this week, you know, President Biden asked OPEC to increase oil production. Would, you know, I don't know how often you get the opportunity, if at all, to talk to the president or at least to folks at the White House. But would somebody please remind Joe Biden that on his first day in office, he killed the Keystone Pipeline. He saw to it that, you know, thousands of jobs were lost in the American oil and gas industry. That would have fixed this predicament. Instead, now we're going to have to become more dependent on foreign oil and we're now energy dependent. I just today gas is over three dollars a gallon. This is a problem that he caused. And now we, again, we're going begging hat in hand to OPEC to increase production. That wouldn't be necessary if he hadn't done that, right? Yeah, you you hit the nail right on the head. Is and this is all Joe Biden's fault uh, going through this process. You know, we think back six months ago before he came into office. You know, gasoline prices were a dollar a gallon less. I mean, we were we were energy independent in North America, uh, which which not just helped us economically, but it also helped us uh, diplomatically because we didn't have the the threats from Iran and Russia and and terrorist groups that they could they could blackmail us with a, a threat of disrupting the oil supply. And and the first thing one of the first things uh, President Biden did when he was in office was to to axe out the Keystone Pipeline, which cost thousands of jobs. Uh, he signed a. Uh, a moratorium on on leasing uh, new new uh, oil and gas operations in in on federal lands, and and 
as a result, then we're seeing the gradual increase in prices, and and we're paying now what a dollar a gallon more than we were six months ago. Right. And and then he has the gall to come back and and uh, ask OPEC if they will please uh, increase their their oil and <laughs> gas production. At, at the same time, he he approved Russia having a dirty gas pipeline to to pipe into Europe. And and then he and then he came down and doubled down and said, well, we're, we want to make his administration. He wants to make his administration go investigate the oil companies to see if they're raising the gas prices unfairly when when it's purely his fault in yeah. terms of what he's done. Uh, he, he's just out of touch. And it's just yet another example. Uh, he's out of touch and doesn't get what average Americans are dealing with. And I, I think it's the same thing with the folks in his administration. I, I mentioned at the top of the interview, your Twitter account, you tweeted earlier this week. Again, phenomenal. You guys are really, I, I, I commend you for how active you are on Twitter. By the way, it's at Ron Estes again. But you tweeted, quote, we are seeing a return of rampant inflation. Current numbers are similar to what we saw in 2008. Um are your Democrat colleagues completely unaware of this? You mentioned folks don't know you You had an opportunity. We talk a little bit before during the break. Um, I think just not aware. You're, I guess you're going to be going back here towards the end of the month to pass the House's version of the three and a half trillion dollar spending boondoggle. They just want to keep on spending other people's money. I mean, eventually we're going to run out of money, other people's money to spend. What do they not get this? No, they. It, it's really sad that the, they they're, they don't recognize the economic chaos they're creating through this process. I mean, inflation is a horrible tax on everybody, and and it most is devastating to lower income and 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 the working class because of the the struggles they have in terms of being able to to afford things, whether it's you know gas that's up or, or hotels or or natural gas to heat your homes up nineteen uh, percent, and retail prices are up eighteen nineteen percent to buy clothes and ten uh, percent increases in food, and and it all comes because too much money is chasing the same amount of goods, right. and and when the federal government comes in and throws trillions of dollars around, uh, it, you're going to see inflation. And uh, unfortunately, some of the, the big government uh, advocates out there in elected office, some of my colleagues in the House, as, as well as some senators, as, as well as some of the members of the Federal Reserve, they, they don't they, they think that they can willy-nilly spend as much money from a government standpoint and and not suffer the consequences. And and we're seeing it over and over again, just the devastating effect that inflation is having. And they're trying to argue that it's transitory. And, and, and they may be right. I mean, you know, the last five months, we've, we've had 5% increases in inflation uh, every month uh, for the last uh, four to five months. And it may reduce down to 3%, 4% by this fall. But the problem is that 3 or 4% is on top of the 5%. It doesn't go back and reset to right. zero. It, it builds upon each other. And so each month you're paying more and more. And, and that just hurts American people in their pocketbook. We're talking with our 4th District Congressman, Ron Estes. Uh, Congressman, Senate passed their trillion-dollar, you know, quote, bipartisan and also, quote, infrastructure bill. Earlier this week, Nancy Pelosi has indicated she will not take it up unless they also pass their $4 trillion. So you're now talking like $5 trillion 
in more spending. I'm curious what you think about the whole thing, what your thoughts are. You know, uh, both of our senators voted against the bipartisan plan. I, I mean, are you, what are you thinking? Are you inclined to support it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Well, we, we need to pass a, a highway, a surface transportation bill this year. I mean, uh, the, uh, the authorization for that ends. And, and we Americans want, we want infrastructure, but we, we want real infrastructure. And we talk about that. You think about roads and bridges and, and our waterways and our ports and, and protecting broadband and, and expanding that and, and protecting the electric grid. Uh, but unfortunately, what's, what's come through out of the Senate under this so-called bipartisan uh, infrastructure bill uh, not only addresses uh, some real infrastructure, but a small percentage. Only 11% of that bill goes to roads and bridges. Right. Yeah. And the rest of it's going to a lot of crazy ideas. Uh, they, they talk about having $65 billion going to broadband, but only $2 billion of that goes to rural broadband areas. In fact, over $14 billion goes to pay internet bills for some of the uh, people across the country that they just want to create another social welfare program uh, for spending money. And so I, I, I do, I do want to pass uh, an infrastructure bill, a, a surface transportation bill that, that addresses some of the real needs, uh, the roads and bridges and, and, and broadband. Uh, but this bill that uh, came out of the Senate, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the strategy was on those Republican senators that uh, supported this process. It, it doesn't make sense to me, particularly knowing that Speaker Pelosi and and the Democrats are then going to come through and 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 ramrod their partisan uh, social spending programs on top of it. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. A couple other quick questions. You know, more than a million people now have entered the U.S. illegally in the first six months of this year. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I thought the co-president Harris was going to fix this problem. Apparently not. Uh, apparently we still have a Southern border problem. <laughs> Any chance they're going to get this thing resolved? You know, it, it, it is the sad part about this, and this is another area where they, they just failed the American country. I mean, the Biden administration is, is they, they basically broke the things that were working that had been implemented by president Trump solely because they've been implemented by President Trump. And the, the, the immigration laws in the United States are in sorely need of, of some upgrading. And, and, I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed and improved, whether you're trying to come here legally, whether you're, you're trying to get a work visa, whether you're, you're you know, going through a student visa process or uh, uh, any process in terms of coming through legally. But they've basically just said, it's it's okay for somebody to invade our southern borders uh that you know as you said there's been over a million people already this year that have been brought into the country and have been quote unquote captured in in reality you know they're not they're not being caught at the border right uh, basically this this mexican cartel smugglers are getting paid up to seven thousand dollars or more a person. The average, I think, is seven thousand dollars now uh, to get them across the border. And then the Customs and Border Patrol folks have to take care of them. I mean, they basically have to have food and water and 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 shelter for them and and medical treatment. Um, and at the same time, there's tens of thousands of what they call getaways. I mean, people that we know have snuck into the border that they were seen on a camera, they were seen by a border patrol agent. Uh, they were seen through infrared uh, footage. 
uh, they just they just weren't stopped. And those are the folks that are dangerous because they're they're carrying in the drugs. Uh, they're the gang members that are coming in. Uh, in some cases, they're the they're the human traffickers that are bringing in for sex trafficking. And so it, it's a dangerous thing to think. And, and, and then you just look at the sheer numbers that right. are coming through. And it's it's almost half the population of Kansas has already come across the border this year. And to think about that uh, in terms of the impact of the country long term. And they may be COVID positive as far as we know. And that's the other issue that, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic and they're still allowing this to happen. Uh, and that's they right. seem to and forget that. That's right. They're not even in, in some they, in the Senate bill. There was an amendment added uh, that uh, they they were required to test for COVID and not not to bring them into the country if they are not to spread them throughout the United States if they were tested positive. But as of right now, there's no mandate. Uh, that the Biden administration is enforcing <laughs> to to even try to test people. It's 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 insane that the president of the United States, who sort of sold the Constitution and defend and protect the country, uh, is allowing this to happen. I know. Well, it doesn't fit their their agenda. Uh, the the last thing I want to ask you about, Ron, is the the increasing call for you know national mask and vaccine mandates. I, I know you've been very vocal about encouraging folks to get vaccinated if they want to. But at the same time, you also believe in trusting families to make health decisions for themselves. It's a you know, it's an awkward situation because I know you want people to be safe, but at the same time, you have been good about trusting people to make these decisions for themselves. You know, we're seeing New York, Los Angeles now with the rolling out these statewide or citywide mandates on vaccines and masks. Thoughts on that? Oh, it's, you know, the, one of the great things we did, and we we spent a lot of money when COVID first hit uh, hit the country, and and I, I had to swallow hard as we were as we were thinking through that process, just looking at the amount of money. But one of the great things that we did through that process was Operation Warp Speed and being able to to fund the process that expedited the development of the vaccines and and the vaccines are out there and they're available for folks to use and they're they're helpful and and really country's done a good job of getting it manufactured and and available to folks to use but you know like like other vaccines there's there's choices that people want to make everybody has uh you know some some particular health issues some concerns to, to address as well and 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 have to go through those decision makings about about their own personal health and the, and the freedom to choose around that and and to come up with a federal one size fits all mask mandate that uh, goes out and pushes people into you know either shutting down the country or or uh, forced to be wearing masks or forced to be uh, be vaccinated just doesn't make sense that's not that's not the process that we typically follow in the United States for people to have have the freedom to do what they want and we need to we need to make sure that we continue to be safe if you're sick you should stay home uh, get well and and uh, you know use some common sense and and that's going to uh, paying off in the long term in terms of having that common sense activity. Ron, I, I appreciate you as always. You're a, a stalwart, a conservative champion for us. Again, uh, you know your your Twitter account. I know I've mentioned it before, but I love following you. It's Rep Ron Estes on Twitter and Estes.house.gov. Thank you again for joining us this evening, brother. You, you just keep carrying on the fight and fighting the good fight against you know the squad and the other crazies that you have to deal with up there. 
Well, thank you, John. It, it's great to be on, and, and obviously there's a lot of dumb ideas that are being kicked around in Washington, and, and we've got to keep pushing back and, and bring forth good policy ideas and keep the, 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 the discussion around what the country was built for and what, what's important in America is having individual freedom and, and not having a, a huge government that dictates everything we do. Thank you again for joining us, Congressman. We appreciate you. Carry on the fight, my friend. Great. Thank you, John. We'll take a few, uh, take a, this is a long interview. We'll take a few minutes, take a break, take a few minutes, take a break. Ah, you know, take a break. <laughs> it's a long interview. Well, then I want to hear from you. We'll, uh, going to move our call segment a little early tonight. We'll take your calls coming up here after this. You're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one dog. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.